What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, March 11th, 2013. And uh, I want to apologize to everybody. Uh, this is pretty much the latest I've done um, this in the past uh, few months. As you guys know, they usually come out Friday night or Saturday. And when I'm really late, it's Sunday. The fact that I'm doing it Monday night is uh, just because a lot of crazy stuff was going on, uh, you know, just in life with the with with a, with a ton of stuff. So uh, unfortunately, it was delayed until uh, today. But I wasn't going to not do it. Uh, there'll be a quick turnaround. The next one will come out on Saturday, and then I'll go back to Fridays. Or you know what? Um, could be Friday too. So it's either way, it's going to go back to fr- uh, Friday or Saturday. But I had to do it on Monday, so get ready for a quick turnaround, but I still have a good show for you guys, and again, uh, I apologize for the delay if you were waiting for it. I know a lot of people like to listen to it on Monday at work, so uh, I will have this uh, recorded, and um, I will make sure that it is uploaded, excuse me, and put right into, uh, uploaded right on there so you guys can download it right away uh, after I do the show, okay? Um, Got a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about some uh, shows that I, w- I recently did. I want to talk, um, definitely going to talk some sports. Uh, as always, <clears throat> I want to uh, thank and uh, mention my sponsor, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show, is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone. Butterfly Radio app allows you to contact and leave audio messages to your favorite podcasts that are on uh, Butterfly Radio. And you can register online at ButterflyRadio.com to start your own podcast channels. Please do that and um, get more and more um, people downloading the app. Uh, speaking of Butterfly Radio, I uh, want to uh, shout out uh, one, of the, um, one of the submissions this week was uh, Cameron. I was talking about, and I'm going to get into the, the sports thing later, but I want to just uh, shout him out. I was talking about, um, I was comparing Tom Coughlin and Bill Parcells. And then I was talking about Robinson Cano. A lot of stuff going on with that. I'm going to address all of this. But uh, Cameron agreed with me. I'll talk later about why I think uh, Coughlin is as good, if not better, than uh, Bill Parcells as a coach. Um, I'll, you know, I know that's, you know, I can totally see the other side of that argument. But I think if you listen to my argument, I think I make some points. So I'll get into that afterwards. And I'll also talk about. Um, you know, the the stuff with Robinson Cano, as you guys know, he's my favorite baseball player, and I kind of haven't been into baseball that much. I'll get into that, but Cameron was saying that he's a White Sox fan, and, uh, you know, his, um, you know, his guy to go to the Hall of Fame for the White Sox would be Paul Canerco. I completely agree. Paul Canerco is just one of those guys who just has, like, a quiet, amazing career, and uh, not not too quiet, but he's just, these guy's just solid every year. He's awesome, and you, uh, Cameron, you also mentioned that your dad took you to every, like, opening day, regardless of school, man. That's pretty fucking cool, man. That's a cool dad, and uh, I remember, I think in, like, in like 2000, uh, yeah, 2000, I went to game one of the World Series against the Mets, but I also went to a ton of the home games. I went to the divisional game against Oakland, then I went to a game against uh, Seattle, where David Justice had a three-run homer to go up by one in the eighth inning, and that clinched going to the World Series against the Mets. That was sick, and then I went to game one, and yeah, when you do that and you feel the buzz every night, it's just, it totally gets you in. Unfortunately, I think baseball really took a dip since then, and I think baseball sucks uh, a lot more than it ever did, and I'm going to get into that with sports. But thank you for the submission. I agree. I think Paul Canerco can be a guy that goes to the Hall of Fame. Um, 
Your dad is awesome for taking you to those games, and I'm glad you agreed with the Tom Coughlin thing. Thanks for the support. Thanks for going to Butterfly Radio, and, and please uh, keep listening, Cameron. I appreciate it, dude. Um, and I will get into all that sports stuff after. Uh, I want to start off by saying uh, the week. I want to thank everybody who was out the um, Empire Casino in Yonkers, uh, New York, at Yonkers Raceway. Um, I was there with... Uh, Joe Matarese and uh, Josh Homer, we had a great time, and oh man, it was just so much fun, because I was born in Yonkers, New York, guys, I was born in uh, St. John's Riverside Hospital in Yonkers, New York, and uh, at the time I was born there, it wasn't really as bad as it is now, Yonkers is, you know, has a real shitty area, and um, you know, so I was just on stage, and I was just goofing on the place, man, just, and it was like the night that a big storm was going to come. So it was kind of quiet, but there was still a crowd. So I was just like talking about how the crowd was either the coolest people in the world who still wanted to go out for a good time, or they're just such gambling degenerates that the weather wouldn't deter, you know, just wouldn't stop them from doing anything. And just shitting on the place. And it was just so much fun telling, I was just telling them that I'd rather have my kids go to prison than go to the um, Yonkers public schools. And, you know, and then Matt Arise went up and he started shitting on the place. But we just had a really good time. Everybody was a really good sport. That's fun. Truly, like any comedians listening to this, it's one of the best, especially if you live in New York, it's one of the best gigs. I mean, it really is. It pays phenomenal. They send a car service to and from for you. They feed you like a god. I mean, every, you, you can't ask for, I mean, put it this way. I've driven hours and hours to, to get that kind of situation. And they just picked me up in a, in a, you know, sent a car over, brought me to the gig. It was a great time. So if you guys were at that show, thank you. Um, we really had a good time, and it was a lot of fun. Then after that, I uh, I was at the stand. I did a couple of shows at the stand this weekend in New York City. And um, I want to thank everybody who came out uh, to the midnight show because uh, we did the first ever we did the first ever midnight show on a Saturday at the stand. The stand opened in uh, September. And, uh, you know, their 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows on Fridays and Saturdays especially are pretty much, you know, 98% of the time, 99% of the time they're sold out. You know, it's it's very rare, depending on weather or something, they're always packed out. And they really didn't do a midnight show. So I was talking, I was talking to my manager and, and uh, we were talking, we're like, hey man, do you want to kind of do a midnight show and see what happens? So what we did was we called it the um, Paul Verzi's Epic Midnight's uh, show, Paul Verzi's Epic Midnight Show. And, um, you know, we didn't know what to expect. There wasn't crazy reservations. And the thing that fucked us, and I didn't realize that this was going to be an issue, but the thing that really, really sucked was the clock changed. You know, the time changed. So at 2 in the morning, it was really 3 in the morning. Now, midnight show usually ends a little before 2, but now it's ending, you know, almost 3 o'clock in the morning. So I was like, oh, man, like people are, we didn't even think of that. Like that was the one thing. You know, we advertised for it. I put together, you know, me and Chris and just talked to my friends. We put together like a sick, sick lineup of like, it was just a great time, man. It was, um, it was me. It was, uh, Pete Davidson. Um, it was, uh, Dave Smith, Giannis Pappas, um, Marina Franklin did a guest spot, Mike Racine, and then it was, uh, closed out by, uh, Damian Lemon. And, um, I'm not even, I'm not kidding around like the show, it wasn't packed, but there was definitely a crowd there and it was a phenomenal crowd. And, uh, you know, we announced that they were the first ever 
midnight crowd on a Saturday night at the stand, and they were totally pumped and cool about it, and um, got some really nice feedback. Some people there were like, hey, man, I was at a ton of shows throughout New York City all week, and this was the best one, and I'm not kidding around. From top to bottom, the lineup, everybody that was on that show for some reason, I don't know what it was, but just rose to the occasion of just, I don't know, it was just late. We were kind of happy, delirious. The crowd was pumped, and uh, everybody just did their thing. Everybody had a killer set. It was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Thank you if you came out. And everybody who came out was like, man, I'm coming back for this. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be doing the Epic Midnight Show immediately again just because I'm going on the road a lot now. So they're going to do another show at midnight, but the stand will be doing midnight shows. And when I get back, uh, we'll go back to doing an Epic Midnight Show, you know, so... Please uh, check that out, and uh, thank you again if you were at that show. It was it was a really good time. What sucked is I hosted the early show there, and then like I was doing the midnight show, so I had a bunch of time in between, and in between I was going to do the podcast, but then that fell through and didn't work out, and that's why another reason why I'm doing it this late. But um, fuck you guys. Either way, I'm doing it. I'm sitting up here Monday night. I'm going to get it up for you tonight and I'm doing the thing. I could have easily taken the easy, lazy man's way out and said, you know what? I'll make him wait a week and I'll just, you know, but I said, no, no, we're going to be consistent. That's what we're going to do with this damn thing. But anyway, thank you for, for, uh, for everybody who came out to the midnight show. It was a lot of fun. And, um, really fun crowd man you didn't know what to expect it it was it was fucking a lot of fun okay so i just got back by the way everybody give you a quick little update i'm killing it on my diet like killing it like i am losing a ton of weight uh, i'm not gonna lie to you i'm borderline starving and i have a couple of confessions to make i cheated twice this week uh as many of you know uh, from listening to the show, I am addicted to candy. I love candy, and I love late-night candy, and I love candy after I work. I just don't know what it is, but I can eat a fucking pound of gummy bears like it's nobody's business. Seriously. Like, some people are, like, you know, into fucking, sh like, shit that they have. Like, I I leave now next to some, you know, and in New York City, comedy clubs have... You know, there's bodegas, there's delis open all hours of the night, so you go in and they have like the epic candy. They have like walls of all of these gummy bears, you know, taffy, starburst, all the shit that I like. And the other night, you know, I've been doing so good. I've been eating salads, I'm drinking water, I'm losing weight. People are like, oh man, you look good, you're losing weight, and I'm doing really well. But it was just late, and I was like, fuck it, man, I need to get some gummy something. So I went in and I got those gummy double cherries, you know, those, those... You know, like the double cherries are connected and they got the little green stems. And um, I'm like, I'm going to have four. I'm going to read the back of the bag and I'm going to have four of these fucking things. And I'm going to wrap it up and I'll leave it in the car. And like occasionally when I want to cheat or I just want to treat myself, I'll take one or two pieces of candy and that'll be it. And I'm just shoving these things in my mouth on the West Side Highway, driving up from Manhattan back home. And I'm eating them. And then there was like four left. And I'm like, why did you leave four? So I ended up eating the whole bag really bad. And then the other night I went and I found gluten-free. I don't even know what the fuck that means. But I found like some sort of healthier gummy bears. And I did it again. Uh, little gummy dinosaurs from some like health, health, like, you know, part of the, the candy store, whatever. So that, I, I did cheat a little bit because I'm, I'm really, really trying, 
you know, I could order some sugar-free gummy bears online, but I've just been too lazy to do that. I've been lazy booking flights. Not lazy. I just haven't had, it's been so busy and I haven't really had time to do that, but I really think I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to just uh, get some sugar-free candy and just leave it in the, remember that scene in, uh, <laughs> remember that scene in one of the Sopranos? where Johnny Sack's fat wife was on her knees and she had like a little drawer with all kinds of, you know, <laughs> chocolate bars and candy bars and he saw it and he's like, what are you doing? Maybe I'll just have one of those, but I'll do it like sugar-free. See, the thing is like if, and, and oh, another thing, jelly beans are unbelievable. Jelly beans are fucking unbelievable if they're soft and the flavor is there. It's, it, they're incredible. I don't know who that president was who ate jelly beans all the time. I don't know, but I mean, that, that, whoever that dude was had it fucking right. Jelly beans are fucking amazing. And I don't care, like, I don't, I'm not talking like popcorn flavor and all that shit. I'm talking like strawberry, cherry. It's another thing about candy. I, I don't want to, I don't need all kinds of crazy, like, flavors and shit. You know, blueberry, pomegranate. I don't want that shit. I want the old school lemon. <clears throat> excuse me, cherry, grape, strawberry, watermelon, that's the shit, apple, remember the Jolly Ranchers, oh god, see, I'm, I'm, I'm like a crackhead, I'm gonna go, go to the friggin', go find a place right now, that, that's, that's, like, who would have thought, who would have thought, a grown ass man, In my early thirties, and I, I, I act like I'm a, I act like I'm a. Oh my god! What am I gonna do next? Go to a video game place and start, you know, chewing gum, playing Mike Tyson Punch Out. Although that does sound phenomenal. But other than that, other than the cheating, everybody, the diet is going really, really well. I, uh, I got the almonds. They taste like fucking dirt, but I got them. Eating the raisins. Sometimes I'll eat a string cheese just to, you know, just to hold me over. Crackers, some fruit. If I do eat something like, you know, pasta, like this is a thing. You can eat, don't change your whole life. Just change portions and eat better. You know, if you eat, if you drink six beers a week, like make it like three or four if you can. Like slowly cut back and then you'll see improvements and then you'll go. But you can't change everything. You can't be one of those, yeah, you know what, starting tomorrow I'm going to eat fucking carrots. You're not going to. You're not going to do that. You know, all of a sudden you turn into something. That, that's not, that's unrealistic. You know, and when you're on the diet, like get a chicken parm every once in a while. Seriously, you got you to do that. Eat a slice of pizza or two and drink a soda. But then after you do it, see, the thing is, don't make it happy. Like, okay, I did that on Monday. Maybe I'll wait two weeks to do it again, and in between, I'll eat a little better. That's the shit you got to do. But it's nice. Everything's smaller. It's nice when the shirts start fitting you, you know? Dick looks a little bigger, and the shit is big anyway, so. Sorry, I don't know why I just got off track there. Anyway, so I'm doing better. I'm doing better with the diet. I did have a couple of cheat things, but I think you have to do that. You have to do it. Um, but I've been playing basketball too. My Mondays basketball are back. And I, I don't know if I'd mention this on one of the podcasts, but I play, I play basketball on Mondays with like, you know, d- dudes in my neighborhood, like family dudes, you know, people, I guess the ages range, the ages range from, I would say probably, um, I would say like 30, late twenties to like 50. 
And, um, you know, half the guys are really good, half the guys not so much. You know, it's a nice mix. It's a nice run. And I missed so much. And, uh, you know, I was shooting air balls and I was shooting, you know, like my form was there. Everything looked good, felt good, and I just, everything was short. My legs just weren't there. Now I'm back. I'm knocking down threes like it's my fucking job. Like they're paying me to do it. I'm distributing the basketball perfectly. I'm getting my shit in shape, man. It feels really good. Yoti, you should do that, man. You got to do it. Find a league. Um, all right, so here's one thing that I wanted to talk about today. Enough about me and my diet. But it just it just does feel nice to look your face in the mirror and just be like, I am, I'm slowly, slowly getting there. Um, all right, so here, here's, the, here's what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about movies. And I, I haven't seen a movie. I'm not doing a movie review. But what I want to talk about is best movies like based on with animals in them best movies with animals in them and i'm trying to think of what movies were just ridiculous based on an animal now i didn't see life of pi and i'm gonna because i heard it was good i want to see that that you know the dudes in a canoe with a fucking tiger which is so funny if you really think about like the, i there's got to be some kind of spoof i gotta look online is there a spoof online about life of pi a guy is just in the... I mean, I know cats are, you know, hate the water, but... Like, why did he jump? I never saw the movie, so I don't know. But couldn't he have jumped out of the canoe and then pushed it over so the cat went in the water? And the cat can't swim. Cats, like, hate water, so the cat would have been freaking out. And then he could have just... Oh, but I guess he needed the, the, the tiger to help and save him. I don't know. I didn't see it, but... Anyway, I didn't see that, but that one I want to see. You guys know good movies that are based on animals. I'll tell you my favorite one. Okay. And I, I might have talked about this a long time ago in the podcast, but um, my favorite movie with animals has to be Sea Biscuit. And the reason I said, you know, um, Secretary was big and should have beat all those horses. It's like this gigantic fucking horse and it was running against little fucking ponies. And it was just shitting all over the, you know, shitting all over the place, you know, killing everybody. Sea Biscuit was this small little like cult that just was like half the size, and he just beat everybody. And it was during, it was in the '30s, the Great Depression. Nobody had anything. People were like giving their kids up to family members that had more money. It was really a bad time. And like Sea Biscuit, like lifted the country up. It was like this little, you know, symbolized America, you know, having heart and get through it. So that one's a good one. Uh, when I was a little kid, Homeward Bound, but that was, you know, that was some shit. I guess cartoons can uh, can count, I guess. No, 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 they can't. They can't. Cartoons can't count. It's got to be a movie with animals. I know I'm forgetting one with a dog. I don't mean the horror movie, Cujo. So stupid fucking. Um, yeah, Sea Biscuit was good. I mean, Secretary wasn't bad, but I liked those for the horse movies. There was one with the damn dog. Oh, I didn't see Eight Below, but I didn't want to see that because, like, I like I get like I don't know, man. Like, I cry about animals and shit. I don't cry about like if it was like Eight Below and it was like eight dudes in a mine just sitting there and like they had to fucking eat each other. I'd be interested, but I'd be like, I don't give. A, I really don't give a shit, you know. But, like, the dogs, and then, like, I remember the dude in the, who was that, Paul Walker's, like, that's my family, and, like, you know, and then the dogs probably saved him. That shit is tough. I can't, it's, it's, oh, here's a good movie. Now, this isn't based on a dog, or this isn't based on an animal. 
but it was a very, very integral part of the movie, huge part of the movie. And it was with Will Smith. It was called um, I Am Legend. And remember, he had the dog, and it was really smart because what he did with it was they were they were calling it Sam. Sam, and you thought that the, the the German shepherd that was with him was a boy, and then when shit got serious and those zombie-eating fucking things were going near, he called it Samantha, and that put like a different kind of touch on it, and like the dog Samantha was like helping him, and then he had to eventually kill the dog because the dog got infected, but that was really heavy. That dog being with him made the whole made the change the whole look of the movie because if it was just him doing that it would have been they could have found ways but the fact that like they gave that kind of sentimental sensitive thing oh my god i just looked at the tv and the knicks are getting the shit kicked out of them um but so yeah so that that was a good one with the animal in it i think that if you if the if the placement of the animal in the movie is is it works like it did in i am legend i think it's i am legend right yeah when the placement's right, it's it's great. And I hate when they kill animals in movies. Remember that movie back in the day called Fear with Mark Wahlberg and he cut the fucking dog's head off and put it through the thing and just dropped it? That was that was crazy. I can't believe they killed a dog cut a dog's head off for a movie, you know? <laughs> Imagine if they did that, like they were like, Yeah, listen, we you know, forget the props, just kill the fucking thing. We gotta I'm trying, yeah, so my favorite one, so let me know what your favorite movie with animals is, but I have to say number one for me has to be Seabiscuit. That's a, that's a good one, man. I didn't see this one with the dolphin with no, uh, with no tail. I know some people will probably say Free Willy, but I just feel like when it has to do with fish in the ocean, it's just like, I don't know. You know, it's going to be funny. There's going to be somebody like Jaws. I like to start killing people. Because <laughs> I guess that does count as a movie with with an animal in it. But that's more of like horror. So let me know. Because I want to get, I want to see uh, if there's, if. and there was another one where a kid had some kind of like dragon in his tub. I don't know. Anyway, mine is mine is Sea Biscuit. And by the way, if you haven't seen Sea Biscuit and you have time on your hands, even, trust me when I tell you this, even if... You don't care about horse racing. You don't care about like just just give it a chance and watch because it, it really is interesting. I really liked it, man. It was it was, the movie was great. Uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, Tobey Maguire, who else was in it? Elizabeth Banks. It was good, man. It was definitely good. So uh, I would definitely recommend. That's an old school movie. Um, I would definitely watch that. Now. I got something going on in my life right now at home, and it is annoying the shit out of me, people. You guys who listen to the show know me. You guys who have seen my stand-up know that I am somebody who definitely, you know, I can get a little, like, crazy, but I'm more positive than negative. But I got to tell you, with what I'm about to talk about, it's really wearing on my patience. It's really getting to the point where I'm just like, this is this is enough now, okay? We have the house on the market, and we have, you know, showings where people come into our home on the weekends, and they look around, and they do all that. And it happens a lot on Saturday, and it happens a lot on Sunday. Now, I have two children. 
I have a three and a half year old son and I have a nine month old, a 10, I'm sorry, I have a 10 month old little girl. Jesus, time flies. Okay. Now, my wife gets a phone call from these people saying, hey, you got a showing from one to two, okay, from three to four, and then let's say from four to five or whatever. So let's say we have two in a day, and sometimes there's an hour gap. Now, this mean, this is what this means. This means that our house needs to be fucking immaculate, every room. Now, that's not the hard part, okay? That's not the hard part because for the most part, we don't, we, we live in a clean, like our house is clean. Okay, I mean, sometimes the kids' toys, like my son's got a million cars, my son's got a million toys, you know, my daughter will throw something on the rug, but it, that's just like straightening up, pick it up, put it in the bin or whatever, it's not crazy, it's normal shit, okay, you know, we, we, but as far as like dust and smell and, and everything like that, the house is like in great top-notch shape, new paint, we redid everything, it's, 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 it's great, it's a great looking condo, right? So we clean it up, we tighten it up, we make sure it's like anybody walks in, they go, oh wow, this is really nice. And we do that every time, of course, that we have a showing. Now, lately, we have... Now, now that's not the hard part, cleaning it. But the hard part is we have to get a three-and-a-half-year-old little boy dressed. We have to pick the toys that he wants to take to get the fuck out because, God forbid, Lightning McQueen and fucking Tokyo Mater isn't in his little lunchbox when we leave, okay, along with an array of other toys that needs to go in his backpack. Then... The little one, she needs to be obviously fed, changed, get in the car seat. She's getting heavy. The car seat's getting fucking heavy. So you got to lift her in that. You got him on one thing. If they're hungry, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. And you, we got to get out. And our parking, we're not really close to parking. So we gotta, I got to walk somewhere either to our garage, which isn't close, or down on the street. Because the, the only negative about where we live is pretty much the parking situation. Just because of the kids. If it wasn't the kids, it'd be fine. You, could, you walk down a flight of stairs or whatever, you're right there. But And the garage isn't really close. But without kids, it's fine. But we have the kids. So the last couple of times, this is what's been happening. And it's driving me insane. We get the house ready. We get the kids out. We drive around. We go get something to eat. We plan a day. And then we come home and they didn't come. Okay? Now... My wife needs to talk me down because what I want to do is I want to call the real estate company and I want to go, hey, you're not fucking coming again. You're not coming again. I don't care if the people did. I know it's how it works. I understand the business. But th we have kids and it needs to be ver made a very big deal. So my wife didn't let me talk because I probably would have been, I probably wouldn't have been as nice. So my wife called up. My wife is like, look. I need to make a big deal of this, and you guys need to make a big deal of this. You guys have to understand something. See, here's the thing. I don't give a fuck. Like, I would rather, I'm not even kidding. Like, I would not even to be spiteful. I would rather just go, hey, look, they said, like, if you give the times they were ready to have kids, sorry. And, like, if they want to see the house again, they'll see it then. They'll see it. Like, don't make us have to fucking do this shit and then come in. And people are so stupid. They're so stupid. They don't even know how to rate it. Like every time we, people rate the house, they're always like, oh, it's great. It's one of the best on the list, this and that. And they, 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 but they don't show up on time. They don't know what they're doing. It's really fucking annoying. And then they'll be like, yeah, you know, it was the number one on our list, but we just felt that, um, 
you know, maybe if the backyard was bigger and there was a private house, it's like, you know, you came to a condo complex. What are you talking about? Oh man, it's, it's so annoying. So now my wife knows like when, when we clean the house, like the other day, everything was done. We left and somebody's supposed to be here from one to two. And guess what? I came in at two after two and nobody came and then they call up and they go oh sorry we were just we're running a little late but we're gonna be here it's like what happens if my son just starts shitting his pants seriously what happens if my son just like started pissing all over the place came in started throwing up getting sick and then I got this real estate person and these stupid fucking people who aren't gonna buy the house anyway probably knocking on the door hey yeah can we come in and look I really I, I can't stand it it's driving me it's driving me nuts and I know it's part of the game. And I know you guys are probably saying, well, Paul, you're trying to sell your house. This is what it takes. I get it. I'm not an idiot. I understand. But it's really fucking annoying when you're dragging a kid out and they're going, no, but I want the snack and I want this and I want... And you're doing everything and you're putting them in the car and then you got to figure out the place to go eat. <sighs> Ugh. Unacceptable. Unacceptable for the week. Is letting a real estate agency letting that happen more than twice or once? Uh, well, this is what I would say if I was them. This is this is what and this is what I want them to say. I want them to say, "Look, dude, if you say you're gonna be there from one to two o'clock, okay? If if that's what you're telling this family that's got to pack up their shit and drive around and go eat and leave the fucking house with two little babies, you need to be there. And if it's gonna be late, you need to reschedule and do it a time where you're gonna be there when you say you're there. Period. That's what I want." And I don't think that's too much to ask. Or there's another option. <laughs> there's another option. And here's that option. I will accept them coming late and having us have to come in and then pack up the car. But here's the little twist to this one, everybody. This time... I'm going to have shit planted in the house that freaks these people out. I know. I know. What's the saying? Don't cut off your nose to spite your face or whatever the fuck they say. I, some stupid thing. I understand that. I understand that that would be hurting me in the long run. But it would be a great story. And it would be phenomenal. I don't know what it would be. Like I just fucking just... When the baby just shits in the diaper, just leave it in the toilet or something or like just leave it out. Just something to freak these people out and go, yeah, well, you know what? I mean, the timing, what can I do? You know, we have kids. I wish we had to rush. We, we missed that. We missed that big shitty diaper we left in the kitchen table. I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what they think of the house? Did they? How great would that be? If I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, when we came back in. And we were kind of flustered because we knew we had to leave again, but the baby needed to be changed, you know. And um, <laughs> just just blood on the wall in one bit, like in one bathroom. Just felt like a suicide note left. <laughs> about a suicide note left on the on the kitchen table next to where the real estate agent has, takes the cards. And uh, <laughs> just says something like, I'm sorry. You know, I can't go on like this. I uh, hate to make you see what you're about to see in the upstairs bathroom. 
could look at the real estate agent and be like, listen, I think we got to go. That would be great. Oh, man, that's funny. It's just annoying, man. It really is. And the cool thing is my wife is not, like, mad at me that I'm mad. Like, she's upset about it, too. She just, you know, she's just trying to sell the place. You know, as am I. I want to sell the place, too. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I'm ready. I'm. We're ready to get a home. You know, and we will. It's just, it's real. And I remember, you know, Matarese, Joe Matarese, comedian, funny comedian, you know, uh, friend of mine is telling me, you know, like how hard it is. They say it takes a year, whatever it could be more, but I just can't stand what you have to go through. And I'm coming home from the comedy club late at night and I want to spend the day with my family, just Sunday or whatever. And I'm only on not many hours of sleep. And then you're cleaning, you're, you're fucking making the bed, you're doing all these things, you're making sure everything is, you know, everything is perfect. And then to just come back home after leaving for a long time and then nobody came in. Ridiculous. Unacceptable. That's the unacceptable for the week. And I got to tell you, man, that li- when you live in a condo complex or you live in a, in a co op, people suck. People are fucking awful. Like these people like don't like each other. They look around. They like whisper. They like battle at these at these like like they were like crazy bad people on the board. And like then like now like newer cooler people are on the board and like they all hate each other and they look at each other and nobody talks. It's really ridiculous. They knock on your door nice because they want you to sign something that they like. But then the other group and I'm like I don't give a shit if all of you people flew off a fucking mountain today. Do you understand me? Take your packet of the next budget meeting and shove it up your fucking ass, okay? I want to throw it in the pool and piss on it. I don't give a fuck about you or the garbage or the parking. I moved here and I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson and anybody, trust me when I tell you. Now listen, luckily I like my neighbors. And there's a couple of people here that I really can say that I really like, okay? I really do. But for the most part... These people like keep to themselves. They look around. There's not many friendly people, which I don't mind. Like I don't need to talk to you. But let's be honest. If two people are walking to their car and their cars near each other, just to have some kind of like weird fucking feeling, it's like fuck you. It really is. Now the president of like the guy the board here, he's cool, man. Like he, he you know, he's like, Oh man, I wanna come to a comedy show. He's got kids and he's he's cool, but like, you know, some of these people here. I opened the door today and a big packet fell. A big fucking paper packet, whatever it was, eight, nine pages, and it said, Oh, budget meeting coming up. And I know I've talked about this before, but I'm going in more depth about it because I'm gonna tell you guys, if you're looking to move Okay, and you find a nice condo. Here's what you got to make sure. You got to make sure that the parking is good. And when I mean good, I mean a spot near your unit or not too far. Or if you have kids, it's really, you know, accessible to your children, getting in and out and all that shit. You got to make sure that there. You also got to make sure if you're not living next to a nut because there's a couple of fucking nutty people in here. That I'd like to take them by the back of their fucking heads and just put it in a bush until they screamed fucking mercy, I'll be nice from now on. That's like, that's the crazy thought that I had. Just to stick their head in a fucking bush and hold it there while they're like, what are you doing? And bleeding from the face. I, I can't fucking take it. I can't fucking take it. So make sure that the parking is good and make sure you're not living next to some nut nut. 
We used to have people, you know, people knocking on our doors. And what do you think of this? And what do you think of this? And, Are you going to the meeting? Huh? Well, can you sign it? You want to vote for this? Here's what I vote for. I vote for public beatings of people that don't mind their own fucking business in the complex. That's what I vote for. Can we vote on that? If you get involved in somebody else's business and you interrupt them when they're eating or doing something, you should be taken out in the middle of the complex and have everybody have to come to their window and watch you just get smacked in the face. And then you look like William Wallace or like, uh, <laughs> you look like, what's it, in Gladiator when he screamed, are you not entertained? But everybody's got to come to the window and they got to watch and you got to be like, you see this? Huh? You guys see what the person in 406 did? Well, watch what happens if you don't mind your fucking business. And then the person in 406 just gets a fucking ass beaten in front of everybody. I can't take it. I can't wait to get out of here. And I know you're probably saying, well, Paul, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, well, put up with this shit for five years. Love the condo. We got nice bedrooms. We got ni it's nice. It's nice. Live in an amazing school district. And don't get me wrong. There are good people here. But people look at you. People watch you. I want to pull up to my own shit. Two-car garage. Basketball court. All that shit. That's what, I'm, that's what I want to do. I want to be in the woods. I want to be away from people. I'm going to have a shotgun in my fucking house. You come near me and my family, I'm going to shoot you. Going to have a lot of liquor there, which is probably a really bad combination, but you get it. And that's it. I want to be left the fuck alone. I really do. That's all you ask for. You want to be left alone. Not this... You well, there's one lady I should say. There's one lady here that was so nice that when she went in for surgery, she let my wife and I and my family take her spot, which is really close to our unit, and that helped out a lot. There are some really good people here. So I don't want to paint this picture that I live, but, but you could just tell. The only time everybody was nice, which I find really weird, but everybody was a sweetheart on Halloween. But the reason I find it weird is like these people were like like the same people that stare and are quiet and weird. Like these people were so inviting. I'm like, hey, like looking at my kids. Hey, how you doing? You know, giving the kids candy and just like, oh, you want to come in? Oh, great. Thanks so much. Here, here's more candy. Like so nice. And you're like, why, why don't, aren't these people like this all the time? I don't know. So we will see when the place sells. I didn't mean to go off there for a little while. But uh, just be careful. If it's a co-op or a condo, just know that even though it's it's your shit, you're, you're going to be seeing and dealing with a lot of shit. Okay. Moving right along, we got some sports to talk about. So, yes, like I talked on, on Butterfly Radio, I left something on Butterfly Radio. Now, I think that Bill Parcells is a great NFL football coach. Okay, he's won two Super Bowls and went to three and lost one, I believe, uh, with the Patriots. He lost one with Drew Bledsoe, but he definitely has a formula that works. You know, he's got that four-year plan. But here's the thing. He kind of did the same thing always. 
And yes, he got to the playoffs, and yes, he improved, you know, and he did the whole scare tactics and the whole, you know, not calling the the football player by their name, but calling them the player and, and threatening their job and doing all that, that military type shit. Now, yes, it worked, but here's what I like about Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin went to two Super Bowls, and Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls. He also did it against an undefeated team, and he also repeated against a team that that same team that still had you know the the this era's uh, Vince Lombardi as far as I'm concerned, and this era's Joe Montana, and he he did it. He did it through defense. But here's what he did in 2007. Why I think he's a better coach. The New York Giants. He lost the team. The New York Giants didn't like him. They didn't respect him. There were public things said about him. It was really bad. He's got a thing where if you're not five minutes early to a meeting, you're late or whatever. He had issues with Strahan. He had a bunch of issues with guys. And it was like, this old man is just too military. And what Tom Coughlin did as an older man is he adapted. He adapted to his players. They said that he actually became more... player friendly. So here you got this military type fucking old man who set in his ways and instead of sticking with that and probably having players resent him and not play hard for him, he saw that he was losing a team and they said he got more open to them, he listened to them more, he treated them more, you know, he just treated them differently. And then when the Patriots were coming in to Giant Stadium to go 16-0 and for the regular season. The Giants were already in the playoffs and were going to play Tampa Bay. And he could have sat and rested people. And he called a meeting and he said in that meeting, we're not resting tonight. We're going to try to stop this streak. And Michael Strahan said when he said that, that's when he won the team and that's when everybody bought in and everybody was just like, you know what, let's go for this. We're doing this. And that's when we went on that playoff run. I mean, we lost the game that night by three. I was at it, 38-35. But the Giants played their hearts out. And Bill Belichick is such a good coach. I heard when Bill Belichick shook Coughlin's hand at midfield that night to make the Patriots go 16-0, and he said, we might be seeing you again. Meaning that he saw a team that was probably going to go on a playoff run on the road and come back to the Super Bowl. And you know what? He was 100% right. That's exactly what happened. But Tom Coughlin, as an old man, he adapted. He adjusted to younger players in a younger time in the modern era of football. And that's something that Bill Parcells would not have done. And they have the same amount of rings... And you know what? Somebody made a good point and said, hey, Coughlin may have another one in him because he's still got Eli. The Giants are really good. The Giants have a good defense. The Giants always draft good defensive players. And Coughlin's got a couple of years left on his contract. You never know. So uh, I know people are going to disagree with this, but uh, and I know that I don't want to speak disrespectfully to, to a Hall of Fame coach, Parcells, which he just got. But uh, that's what I think. So uh, I, take, uh, I take old man Coughlin over... Uh, Old man Parcells right now. That's because I don't think Parcells would change and Coughlin showed that he would. So that was my argument with that. I know it's compelling. It's great sports talk. That's what we do here. Uh, guys, I, I mean, you're spoiled. You're fucking spoiled. Probably listening to this going, oh my God. Like he went from talking about condos to now he's fucking just had a murdering argument about, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, Here's the second part of this that really fucking bothered me this week. This is the second part of the sports thing. Robinson Cano, somebody was like, yeah, it's going to happen. And somebody was like, yeah, man, it's reports. And then I was getting a text 
Everybody's saying it's going to happen. He's going to get 50 game suspension. There was just reports. There was just reports that he was doing that. Okay, uh, he was doing steroids. He was doing steroids, and it's it's you know he's doing steroids, and it's about to come out. Him, Granderson, A Rod, and all this shit. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is bad. You know, like I cannot have him. Like this is the one reason why I would watch it. And then. I got a phone call and somebody was like, hey man, that's all speculation. Some dude on Twitter said it and it's not real. And now nothing's came out. Nothing's gone national about it. And I don't think it's going to happen. Which made me really, really happy. Because like I said, if Robinson Cano got caught, I'd be out of baseball done. I'd be done because that's the one thing. I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he, if he does, well, I mean, it's not set yet. But I mean, come on. Nobody puts those numbers up as a second baseman. Um, but... Yeah, that's what freaked me out, <clears throat> and that's what kind of caused the sport. That's why I went on Butterfly and I talked about it. And you know, I feel that I said if Jeter got caught doing it, I don't think they would come out because he's an ambassador for baseball. And I think that if if guys like Jeter got caught doing steroids, I truly believe that they'd have to protect it because that would be the end of it. Could you imagine if Derek Jeter, okay? got caught on steroids after all of this stuff, after everything that happened with A-Rod and all these suspensions and, and you know, some of these pitchers and, 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 and all of these monster home run hitters and everybody's getting caught and everybody's doing it. And Derek Jeter, the guy who's like, you know, never nothing bad in the media, never never doing the wrong thing. And even when he goes out and parties, it's so discreet and quiet and he never says the wrong thing when he even when he's upset and the media loves him. If that came out, it would be devastating to the game of baseball. But baseball is in the worst place it's ever been right now because it's corrupt. It's like cycling. It really is. It's like that Lance Armstrong and all those cyclists. It's filthy and that's why the NBA and the NFL are the shit. And I'm telling you something right now. If these guys, like my favorite ball players, baseball, got caught, I would just really start watching hockey. Like that would probably just get me into hockey because I'd be like, these, you know. I just, you know, so that's what I think. I think that baseball is corrupt. I think it's na- I think it's just a nasty big lie. I think that they're all doing something or they all did something. They're all trying to get an edge. You never know what's real. Guys hitting the ball to fucking Texas. It's it's silly. I want guys to look old and get hurt and limp around. Like, that's real. Like, that's the shit Mickey Mantle. And I know Mickey Mantle and those guys, like, they were probably on stuff, like, as far as, like, to stay awake and do all that shit and everybody do whatever edge that they could get. But this, this, this horse shit, like, this fucking just hormones that make you grow and it's just silly I don't know I know it's easy to say that and then people are like yeah but I lost my you know my job and you know my family needs to eat I get that but wouldn't you rather be the guy who's like yeah my body kept breaking down because I'm normal and I'm a fucking human being not on drugs and these guys are all on something that's why I'd rather be that guy I would I would rather be the guy who was just like yeah I lost my job because everybody was fucking you know Or like, you know, even if he didn't rat him out, if he was just like, yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Like, I just tried to do it the right way. And like, you know, just do it in a way that you're not calling people out. But that's why I thought for a long time, Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't doing anything because he always got hurt. He lost all those years and he fell and he hurt himself. But then somebody was like, no, man, that's because he was on something. But he never got caught. And he always did get hurt. I don't think he was on something, but maybe I'm wrong. 
I got to look at what his head and neck did. But I'd rather be the guy that did it right and the people that I was closest to. And I know you're going to say, oh, Verzi, yeah, fucking corny, whatever. Fine. That's just how the fuck I am. That's how I'm built. I would rather be the guy that did. Like, I can't. You're talking. I'm talking. I'm, I'm the type of guy. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I won't take a tag joke. I won't take a tagline on a joke from a comedian. I won't. I won't take a tag. Oh, Verzi, I like that joke. You should add this. I won't do it. Don't tell me that. I won't do it because I can't get that laugh because if I get that laugh, I'll be sick to my stomach. So I'm going to take some drug that makes me hit the ball fucking eight miles and I'm going to go look at my kids in the face and go, yeah, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want that money. I feel like I'm stealing that money. Unless everybody was able to take something. Like that's what I think baseball should do. I think baseball should say, keep the same thing. If you get caught, it's 50 games, and if you get it again, you're you're done, you know, you're banned or whatever. Keep that the same way. But let these guys take certain things. Like if it, and I think they can. I think they could take like creatine or they can take some kind of like you could take stuff that helps build your muscles back and stuff that's not illegal. And I think that it should just be, and, and, and I, I guess that they do, but it should be public to people that, yeah, they're allowed to take certain things to keep them strong and stuff that you could get over the counter and stuff like that. And, and that's fine. If everybody's doing that, then it's kind of even. Or just say, how about this? You get caught doing this shit, you're out. If we prove and we know 100% you got caught doing you're fucking out of the game forever. Like scare the shit out of them. I, I don't know. Because what's going to happen is I want to take my son to ball games. I do. But I don't want to watch a guy hit the ball into the fucking East River and then, you know, a month later, two months later, find out that he's sticking a needle in his ass in the bathroom at Yankee Stadium before he comes to the plate. And then, you know, it's just stupid. And people never see, people suck. People suck, man. Holy shit, 50 minutes. I complained a lot on this one. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> All right, let's do some plugs here. We got some plugs. Uh, I'm really excited about the, the next, um, next few weeks here. So uh, this week, uh, tomorrow I'll be at Stand Up New York in New York City. And then Thursday through Sunday, I am working with my friend who is hilarious He's um, an amazing dude to talk sports with. He's fucking funny. Jim Florentine. It's gonna be unreal. It's gonna be unbelievable. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna eat some. We're gonna eat some. Uh, gonna eat some. I almost said hot dogs. Eat some hot dogs and hamburgers. What is that? Barbecue. Uh, yeah, we'll drink a couple beers. Have a game. It's gonna be unbelievable. We'll go down to the the yard house afterwards. Get a couple of cold ones after we perform together. You're fucking hilarious. I am working with Jim Florentine. Fucking, let's be honest, the impression's getting better. I'm in and out with it. I love when he says halftime, fucking halftimes. Fucking Beyonce at halftime, really? That's what I gotta see, Beyonce? About ACDC, it'd be much better, right? I will be working with the great and hilarious Jim Florentine at Levity Live in West Nyack. If you people don't go to this show and you're local, you deserve the shitty weekend you would have by missing it, okay? It is going to be fun. It is Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, and one on Sunday. It's a great time. 
It's a great club. The food is great. Come out and see me and Jim Florentine. Come say hello. It'll be fun. All right, so that is March 14th through the 17th. Myself and Jim Florentine at Levity Live. And then on the 22nd, I will be opening for Bill Burr in the Egyptian Room in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And then the next night, I will be, I believe it's called the State Theater in Minnesota. So that's back-to-back nights, the 22nd and the 23rd. So Levity Live Local with Jim Florentine at uh, Levity Live West Nyack, New York on the 14th to 17th. And I'll be in Indiana on the 22nd with Bill Burr and Minnesota with Bill Burr on the 23rd. For tickets, you can go um, online and you could, could, uh, you know, look that up and see. I I think some of the shows are sold out. They might be adding second shows if the first one is sold out. But you can look at that online. I don't know which cities they're definitely adding a second show to. Um, but I would advise that if you are in those towns, uh, it's, I mean, Burr is one of the best, if not the best comedian in the country right now. And every time we work together, it's a blast and, um, it's going to be a great show. So come out to those. Uh, that's pretty much it for episode 102. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, may have a guest next week. I don't know what's going on, but I might have a guest next week. If I do, you will know. If not, you will know. So, uh. Thank you, everybody. Be careful about the condos. I did not have a movie review. I understand that because uh, I just I I went on the road. I saw three, and then you know, but but Levity Live is in an awesome mall at the Palisades Mall, and I may go check a movie out there one night. And if I do, I will review it. Uh, that's it. Let me know your favorite movie with an animal based on an animal, non-animated, and um, that's it. Support the Stand Midnight Show on Saturdays. And uh, let's hope Robinson Cano never gets caught with anything. Tom Coughlin over Parcells. Dude, I called it. Thanks, everybody. Episode 102, Verzi Effect. I'm out to 103. I will talk to you guys soon. Please download the free app, Butterfly Radio, on your iPhone. Send me an audio message. I'll get back to you. And if you want to do your own podcast, register on ButterflyRadio.com. And uh, you can do that as well. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, everybody.